Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we got my brother Dominique Foxworth on the show. Somebody who knows about everything, whose career has just been growing and flourishing. And for young fellas, I'm talking to you, Gilmore. Gilmore's like my little brother. For young fellas in the league who want to uh, grow and prosper and and do some great things when your career is over or you're transitioning, Dominique is the one who has set the example. How you feeling, man? Good, man. I mean. A lot of pressure, but you just put you just put it on me, but I can handle it. There's nothing, nothing you can't bear. So, look, my show is unique because we start we start the show in the same way each episode by having our guests walk us through the arc of their career. And you successfully transitioned from a professional football career to a career in media. At what point did you realize that commentating and journalism would be the next chapter of your career? And how did you connect those dots? I didn't realize it like it 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 found me, honestly. So like I, I went to business school after I was done playing in large part because I wanted to kind of get away from sports and like prove that I was more than an athlete. And I kind of had judgment uh the guys who like went on to coaching or went on to uh, media careers where like your whole life is all like gobbled up by football. And I came out and worked in New York for a little while and then my wife and I were going to have our third kid and we had to move back to DC. So I quit the job I had in New York and I'd always liked to write. Like I wrote my all throughout my career as a player, I was always writing. So I just started like doing some freelance writing to keep myself busy until the older kids got out of school and we could move back down to DC and the writing got the attention of some people at ESPN and they brought me over to start writing. And then the contract negotiation started and they kind of was like, we don't pay writers like that we only pay the people that's on tv like that i was like all right well y'all got to put my ass on tv then <laughs> and then i, I tell ended folks up all the time that t- tv money is different money than <laughs> it is when you write you know 800 words a thousand words yeah so that, i mean that's kind of how it happened and honestly i i think it's like a lot of ego and insecurity is why i was trying to push myself away from sports and i've come or and i've come to realize and appreciate that like you shouldn't be ashamed of like whatever advantages you have, whatever opportunities you have. And, and I think one of the reasons why I wanted to stay away from like going back into sports, because I felt like I wanted to do something a little bit more consequential. And, and I've realized over the past, over the past several years that there are opportunities in media, even in sports media. And sometimes you could argue that sports media is the best place for it. there are opportunities to have an impact that, it's like not tangible necessarily, but I do think that it can be consequential. So uh, I do a lot of talk about the on-field stuff mostly, but when there are opportunities, like that's what I'm here for. I, Ray Lewis used to always say that um, you pay me for like the week, but Sundays are free, essentially saying like the hard stuff is like getting up to practice, doing all the work and all that. And that's how I feel about most of the stuff that I do is like, yeah, you pay me to dive deep into the numbers and analyze the games. But when there are opportunities to stop, talk about social issues, issues of race and justice, and there have been more and more of those over the past couple of years, like those are the, that's the stuff that I get excited for. Well, I mean, that's, that is real stuff to get excited for, but you know, this life advice from Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis was on Sundays. He was out there just hitting everything, um, moving to say the least. Him and uh, James Harrison. Before we talk football, though, I want to talk about uh, an aspect of your career that maybe folks don't talk much about. 
which was your role with the NFL Players Association. What did you learn about the league in that experience representing players formally as a part of the NFL PA's leadership? Um, everything like it's everyone dreams of being a part of the NFL when they're a kid and you don't realize that the reason why it's a dream worth having is because of the Players Association. Like the the trappings of being an NFL player are not something that anyone gives to you. It's, it's like any other capitalist structure. You got to fight for like the the financial rewards, the the um, health insurance benefits. Yeah, yeah. The benefits, insurance, everything someone sacrificed for. So getting into the league because you like see those um beautiful stories that my network puts together some kid was poor and came up by himself and then he finally got drafted and oh isn't it so great that these benevolent billionaires uh signed him to a million dollar contract no that contract exists because players went on strike because players sued the league because they dissolved the union in 1993 and exposed them to antitrust litigation forcing them to settle (laughs) and uh and now so and even like celebrating the idea of getting drafted is like anti-capitalist and somehow they've convinced us that it's a, it's something we should be excited about which i understand i was happy when i was getting when i got drafted but you should be able to go wherever the hell you want to go <laughs> and get however much money you want to get just like every other or however much money you can negotiate or your talents are worth just like every other walk of life but that's not how it works because lots of other like um uh, restrictions that are put in this league that are fought against by the union. I mean, let, let's let's kind of extrapolate that a little bit and, and talk about some of these offseason moves and some of the things you see in the league. And I, I have a theory that I'll postulate to you. And before we talk about what's happening on Sunday, um, let's talk about Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, where do they go? And mm-hmm. I understand the Packers, but why don't the Ravens give Lamar Jackson what he's asking for? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to uh, like a matter of principle, I think, for the Ravens and for Lamar Jackson. So the fully guaranteed contract is something that very few players have gotten. And uh, Deshaun Watson got the fully guaranteed contract. And between Deshaun Watson, he's a quarterback who signed with the Browns, between him and now a few other quarterbacks have signed extensions and they've gotten over a hundred million dollars guaranteed, but they didn't get the 200 plus fully guaranteed. And let me, and let me, let me just, let me stop you right there because the two people I know have gotten substantial guaranteed contracts. Mm -hmm. One is Kirk cousins one year for 35 million. The other is Deshaun Watson, but why, and this goes to like a unity or, you know, the players association, you know, when you have quarterbacks that come after them, say Russell Wilson, for example, why not collectively say, we are not going to sign unless the money is fully guaranteed. That's the only way you can break that ownership, right? Yeah, and I think it's important to understand the dynamics in the situation is it's not always in the player's best interest. So, like, you can get a fully – you can get as much money as you want guaranteed, and sometimes the way you structure the contract is there's a lot of unguaranteed money on the back end, which will force you into free agency sooner. So, like, it's your benefit to have, like, $70 million in the last year of contract. Cause then they're going to like, all right, you have them, you have the leverage then. All right. You pay me that 70 million or you rene- renegotiate this contract or I become a free agent. And then there's also the argument that uh, players don't want that money taken out of the cap. Again, goes back to these anti-capitalist restrictions that we allow to exist within the game. So that's money that can't go, 
to other players. But uh, what it comes down to in this game, and I think part of the reason why we all don't like band together as players and fight for uh, fully guaranteed contracts is I'm not sure that it would. I, I doubt that it means that the contracts that we're getting now would be the same contracts, but fully guaranteed. What will actually happen, I think, is the contracts get smaller. They're not going to guarantee any more than they actually want to guarantee. So uh, Lamar is, I think they mentioned that they offered him like 120 or something like that, fully guaranteed or well guaranteed. And then a larger contract over that time period. He wants it all guaranteed. Like Deshaun Watson is kind of the only guy who's had a big contract guaranteed to that level. And the Ravens were very upset with the Browns for doing that because it's a precedent they don't want to set and they don't want to continue in that process. Yeah, when you match up now, I mean, Deshaun Watson on the field, I, I don't really count this year, but Deshaun Watson on the field is a great NFL quarterback. Lamar Jackson is a better NFL quarterback and has the stats to back it up. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at Ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit Kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Uh, unfortunately, I have a lot of people who are Cowboys fans um, who listen to my show. I mean, listen, I'm an SEC guy, and I can tell you that the worst fans in America are probably Clemson, um, LSU. Um, but Cowboys fans are just... I mean, they're right up there. I mean, UGA winning back-to-back championships, Oof. I mean, they're insufferable. Um, <laughs> Michigan fans, Big Ten fans are delusional. But Cowboys fans are the worst. So <laughs> what other free agents are you watching? And what's on the Cowboys offseason list of priorities? And even more in question, more important question, is Dak Prescott it? Yeah, I think I'll take that last one first. It's the most controversial. I say Dak Prescott is it. Uh, and the arguments around him are largely drummed up because they are the Cowboys. And I think they need to address the offensive line. First of all, the offensive line hasn't been very good the past few years, uh, especially when it comes to protecting Dak Prescott and all quarterbacks need that protection. Uh, that's the number one offseason priority. Then it's finding another receiver to replace or to go opposite CD lamb, I think would be the next move. And I don't know what they're going to do in the backfield with Pollard's injury and with Zeke obviously not being who he was before. But I want to defend Cowboys fans for a second. What, what, what more do you want from a fan base? They've been terrible for 20 years. And this 30. fan base is... I mean, they, yeah. haven't won a, they, they haven't won a Super Bowl since, what, 93? I mean, I, we're pushing... Right. There, there are people right now who graduated college and have, and have like, another degree. Uh, and they still... <laughs> post-back lawyer, and they still haven't been... Yeah. <laughs> So uh, they're lovable losers. You're supposed to love them. Like how people felt about the Chicago Cubs. Like these are, these are loyal fans <laughs> who have <who> been <laughs> dealing with this embarrassment and get ridiculed nationally. 
like no other fan base does. And just for loving that up. sorry team. Just for loving that little ugly baby. They get rid that's, of you. That's it. That's what I'm saying. We need to shift the narrative around Cowboys fans. We should have some sympathy for them. They ain't doing nothing wrong. They just they just want to win. And every, every day, Stephen A. Mox. Every day. Every day. I mean, you talk to Cowboys fans right now. They're going to Super Bowl next year. They <laughs> they firmly believe it. Super Bowl hadn't even been played yet this year, but every year they're going to the Super Bowl. It just I, reminds I, me of my family. I think that's it. Just general black optimism is what I see <laughs> in most of the fan base. Like you have no reason to be optimistic, but you're just optimistic year after year. We're going to get up out of this situation no we, matter the restrictions placed we upon gonna make us. We're going to make it. Turn on some gospel and put Dak out there. I, my theory <laughs> about Dak is that, look, Dak is a top. 15 quarterback like and the le- legitimately you're not going to go out and get a better quarterback than him in the draft of free agency I mean mm-hmm. it's kind of like Derek Carr I mean I think Derek Carr is middle of the back I think he's top 20 quarterback in the league and you're just really not going to do the, the Raiders aren't going to do better than him at quarterback I don't know what they do yeah I think you're right about Dak Prescott I would put him higher than 15 I think he's top 10 but I mean we're we're splitting hairs and he has the ability he's shown in situations that he can play above that and he's shown the situations that he can play below that. But I, I think the the problem with the conversation around Dak Prescott is it takes the responsibility off of the ownership and general manager, uh, who is Jerry Jones of that team. Like what happens when you pay your quarterback is you have to hit in the draft elsewhere. And they hit in the draft on Dak Prescott and they had his ass for cheap for a long time and they couldn't get it done. Now it's on them. Like you got to pay the man what he's worth. And now it's on them to figure out these wins. And they, they haven't done a bad job. Michael Parsons is incredible. They're Michael doing Parsons, all right. Best play. I mean, he's the best yeah. defensive player in the, yeah. in the league. I would argue I, mean, yeah. I you would stay off Twitter, but that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. So let me ask you this question. What, what happened to Russell Westbrook? I mean, damn, same thing, but what yeah. happened to Russell Wilson and can it, can it get fixed? You yeah. know, this morning there was a story, an article from the Denver post, mm-hmm. which was talking about this man's charity. And it said that only 25% or 25 cent out of every dollar that the charity has raised goes mm-hmm. to actual uh, charitable causes, which showed me one thing. It doesn't have anything to do with the charity. They trying to run that man out of town. And so, like, tell me what can he be fixed? Is Sean Payton the answer? What what's going on? Is it the altitude? What is it? Yeah, I got drafted there and I played there, and I don't think that the altitude affected me that much. So I hope it ain't the altitude. Um, maybe it's his professional altitude. I think you, there's lots of other um, factors that come into your life when you get to that level, which I can't understand. I've never been a highly paid star quarterback, so I think it's there are other challenges. I do think Sean Payton can help him improve. I'm not sure that Sean Payton was brought there for that purpose. I think his his responsibility is can include Russell or it cannot. It seemed clear by the way they've committed to him financially that he's the Russell is not going to be the um, centerpiece of this organization. Sean Payton is going to be the son that everything revolves around and Russell's going to have to figure out how to make that work for him. But, yeah, I think Sean Payton is talented uh, coordinator. And I think like. I don't think Russell um, Wilson fell off that much in this short period of time. He still has ability. And uh, yeah, I think that that could be a team that is uh, surprisingly a lot better. Defense is so good. They got talented skill players and a quarterback who's shown that he can be great. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would have told you that the best division we would have ever seen in professional football was the AFC West going into the season with Justin Herbert, um, with uh, Pat Mahomes, um, with David, with Carr and Devontae Adams yeah. and the Broncos. And 
shit, they were terrible. They were. It, tur- it they were turned like out to game. be the NFC they East like, turned out to be the best division. Surprisingly, I know, I know. They turned out to be the AFC South. That's what happened <laughs> quickly. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl matchup. I think uh, it's one of the better ones in years. If uh, nobody taps Pat Mahomes on his ankle. What are you looking for in Sunday's game? And tell me about Jalen Hurts. What do you feel about him? His story. I've loved Jalen Hurts' story. It feels like a different type of black quarterback, uh, a type. And it's not even about him being a different type of black quarterback. It's about the world around this black quarterback is different to where he is being believed in despite the fact that he wasn't a number one overall pick, they moved a number two overall pick ass out of town. So Jalen Hurts could have that job. They put together one of the best rosters in football, probably definitely the best in football this year. One of the better rosters in recent football history and went all in on this guy who was run out of town in Alabama because he wasn't good enough. Like he wasn't good enough at his college team. Uh, and he worked hard, he got better, and they leaned into what he does well, which is he's really intelligent decision maker. And his athleticism is part of it, his strength. You hear about how strong he is and how great a runner he is. That all matters. But what they ask him to do that seems to be uh, the thing that they probably latched on to and was like, yeah, we can work with this guy. They ask him to make a lot of quick decisions, and he doesn't make wrong decisions. And he puts himself in the situation as success. So that's a fun storyline to have going into this first Super Bowl with two black quarterbacks. And on the other side, you got Michael Jordan, essentially, like the equivalent. If there's such a thing, you can't impact football. One player can't impact football nearly as much as one player can impact a basketball team. But if one could, it feels like Patrick Mahomes is that guy. They've remade this offense, and it's still just as potent as it's ever been, despite the fact that uh, they lost one of the best receivers in football, uh, Tariq Hill, to Miami, and he's down there balling. It's just really impressive, and it's a fun matchup. And the one thing I'm looking – I mean, I guess it's not fun to look at, but the um, Eagles' defensive line against the – offensive line of the chiefs i think is oh, i was thinking about the game. other one i i can't i think chris jones is going to get worked on sunday i think that offensive line for philly is going to yeah. work him they're going to stretch him i mean it's just going to be it's going to be ugly but i when you say jordan i mean and i hear tyreek and that's why i didn't put, play pay too much attention i get paid to talk about politics not sports mm-hmm. i'll be in the barbershop talking about sports wrong half the time but i always <laughs> would say that travis kelsey was the best thing smoking for the chiefs i mean you're not yeah. He, you're not missing too much when you always got that security blanket that's wide open 95% of the time. Travis Kelsey is special, but and this might be my former cornerback's bias, but when you have a player who can score at any time from any place, he can run past you, you can give him a jet sweep. You remember that that comeback they had in the playoffs against the Bills? They gave Tyreek Hill a six-yard out, and he took it the distance. Like That's a person that makes life easier for everyone and can fix problems. So and he takes the top off. I mean, you yeah. got to cover with two people. I mean, yeah. you, and you, that's, you, but one of the things the Patriots did and one of the things the Colts did this year, don't ask me why I had to watch a lot of coach football. The only good game they really play was they put a quarterback on Kelsey. And so I'm thinking maybe, I mean, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, maybe you put Bradbury or, or Slay on Kelsey and try to take him away. I wouldn't mind that uh, the receivers that the chief that the Chiefs have are terrible. <laughs> they're they're not they're not intimidating. Um, MVS had a big game, but I, I don't think that I, I don't know if I would put a corner on Kelsey. 
if I would, I would just go ahead and go with Slay, but I might just rather leave my corners isolated on the outside. And he's like, you, these corners are good enough to take care of their receivers and then use the interior guys to, to uh, double and bracket Kelsey. And look, I love Reddick. Off Reddick, the line. Reddick. Reddick shows me that Matt Rule should be brought up on war crimes <laughs> charges for letting go of Reddick. And I mean, listen, yeah. Reddick is great. Reddick don't need no parts of trying to cover Kelsey out there. Oh, the- yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I'm talking safeties. Not, oh, not need- yeah, not. I mean, <laughs> Hassan Reddick can give um, Kelsey a bump on his way to the quarterback, but I wouldn't <laughs> put nobody in there. I mean, Kelsey's special. So, like, that's mixing him up, mixing it up on him is probably the best thing is. You have a series where Slay sticks them, and then the Chiefs will come back out and have an answer to that. Try to isolate him and use his size. And guess what? We ain't doing that no more. Now we got safeties on him. So just got to mix it up on a guy like that. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Look, I, I'm going to ask you a stupid question now. But why isn't Eric Bieniemy a head coach yet? Does he interview that bad? Do we not want to hire black coaches? Is it because it's really Andy Reid's offense? Like oh, you can you can debunk all of those arguments except for the interview one because I'm not in the interviews. You can't say it's because Andy Reid calls the plays because Andy Reid has like had a, a um, conveyor belt of guys getting head coaching jobs because they were his offensive coordinators, despite the fact that they didn't call plays. It's, right. it's like three of them in the in the past like ten to twelve years or so. And then the offense got better when those guys left and the enemy has been here for the better offense. I honestly, I, it's hard for me to figure out why somebody wouldn't want to give Eric the enemy a chance. I don't know what he's saying in these interviews. Uh, and I mean, race, of course, race is a factor because all those other guys were white and race is always a factor. We're in America. Oh boy. In Denver. What's our boy's name? In Denver. Denver Hackett. 
they hired Hackett. He was terrible and the worst hire in the history of professional football because I had to watch them give up 33-point lead and give up a 30-point quarter to the Cowboys in Dallas was just the the fighting Jeff Saturdays, okay? So (laughs) there is a race problem because some of these white coaches get opportunities that nobody else would ever get. Obviously, yeah. I mean, it's not – it's – I don't know. I, I, I certainly don't want to defend the decision makers in the NFL, but it's not just in football. That's the thing. It's like we we care about football. We pay attention to football, but like it's an American problem. And maybe we can do some things to fix it in football, but it comes down to like internal biases. I feel like it's nothing else, because if you'll go out of your way to to get Cl- Cliff Kingsbury to come coach your team and then give him an extension, but you'll skip over. Eric B. Enemy, I'm not sure what else you can. I mean, and, to. and Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes yeah. took Steve Wilkes took terrible quarterbacks mm-hmm. and got them six and six on the vert. They were a they were a bad officiating call when my boy DJ Moore took the helmet off. Yeah. And they were a bad call from making it to the playoffs. Yeah. DJ Moore is a terp. He's my guy too. So I, I was hurt to see that play, but DJ Moore needs to be the number two at the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, if they had DJ Moore oh. and CeeDee Lamb. Because I'm not sure CD Lamb's a true one, but yeah. I think both of them together are just dogs on the on the sideline. Absolutely. I mean, I, um, maybe they'll make that trade, but we'll see. If um be too much like right. If the <laughs> Chiefs win, where does this place Mahomes in the pecking order of elite NFL quarterbacks? And I think you begin to you take them out, and this is my opinion, tell me yeah. if I'm right or wrong, but you take them out of the category of Justin Herbert and all of those yeah. guys, and then you just start comparing them to Brady Rogers, Montana, et cetera, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we're already there, honestly. I don't think he needs to win this game for us to do that. Uh, the uh, If he wins this game, then I think the conversations get a little bit more serious, but I think he's already elevated himself to the comparison to goats, the comparison to Brady and, and Montana and those guys. He's, he's already there. He's early in his career, but like, I, I know sometimes, and as a part of this sports media machine, sometimes you wake up on a Monday morning, you got to have something to talk about. So you say something crazy, like Joe Burrow is nipping at uh, Patrick Mahomes. If he win this game, he'll be the best quarterback in football. False. Patrick Mahomes been cold since he got here breaking records. And I think what he's done this year is kind of make this remake this offense without a number one receiver, which like Joe Burrow got two number one receivers without a number one receiver. He's remade this offense and they still the best in the the running backs. They got, they got two rookies. Yep. Seven round pick Pacheco is like, yeah, they're not even paying. They they literally not paying nobody. I mean, they got three rookies in the secondary and yeah, Clark hunt is, is feeling good about the future. (laughs) Before I let you go, I got to ask about your podcast. Uh, because you're doing a lot of things and, um, you know, a lot of people don't know all the things that you're doing, but you have the Dominique Foxworth show. Um, your wife is the best part of it. So I, I would suggest you change the name, but Hey, who am I? What's it about? How can folks find it, subscribe and follow it? Yeah. I mean, it's all the regular places, wherever you're listening to this, you can go ahead and find it. And, uh, it's a sports-based podcast, but honestly, more than anything, what I've come to realize about the podcast that I like is it's more about getting to know the host and having a relationship with the host. And so uh, I talk about the things that I'm interested in. Sometimes it's sports, sometimes it's current events and every, uh, Monday or excuse me, every Tuesday, as I, as you talked about, my wife comes on and we do a little segment called roses and thorns where 
she talks about the things of the past week. It started because I was being critical of a player and she was like, I didn't like that. Can you imagine how his wife must feel when she hears that? So I was like, all right, you know what we're going to do? You can come on and criticize me every week. So it, it leads to some interesting conversations. And uh, I don't know, I hear a lot of people just go in and listen to that on Tuesdays, fast forward to the end and, and get those good 15 to 30 minutes of that. Listen, Ellen, I'm not bringing you on the show. <laughs> criticize me because i know your list is long 30 minutes shit we'll be here <laughs> it'll be uh see see what happened is i hit him with the mind trick is the first couple weeks the list is long but then you don't want to be the villain you don't come on there with a long list you know that you just seem like a a, a mean person it, it, the uh people start the, feeling sorry for you <laughs> yeah i know the rose the roses are plentiful my man uh any other projects you're working on how can people follow you yeah, I mean, I do the ESPN stuff, but ESPN don't need no more promotion. Y'all know where it is. <laughs> it, the, the podcast got my name on it. So, yeah, it's nice to get those numbers up. But everything else, you see me around. I do get up and stuff and debatable and a bunch of other shows. But if you like sports, you already listen to them. If you don't like sports, I would argue that you don't have to listen to them. But listen to the podcast is fun because we get outside of sports and talk about how um, society and culture impacts the things that we do. That's what I'm talking about. Dominique Foxworth. Enjoy uh, Scottsdale, Glendale, Phoenix. Are you headed out there? No chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't. I'm going to go talk about it Monday morning on TV. But I, if I can avoid that circus, I will. I'm at that age. Yeah, no, I'm actually going to watch it with Don Staley. She's a big Philadelphia oh, yeah. fan. So I'm, I'm going to watch it with her and cheer for whoever won't get me thrown out the party. <laughs> All right. <laughs> good, good to see you, my brother. Be easy, man. Anytime, brother. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com.